Welcome to His Church Owensboro Podcast. We are so excited about what God is doing in your life, and we would love to hear from you. Visit us at hischurch.cc and let us know about all of the things that God is doing in your life. If you have been blessed by this podcast and would consider supporting us financially, please visit hischurch.cc and click on Give to see the many options available. Thank you for joining us. We hope this message blesses you. I like, I like when you speak with someone else because there's always this fight for podium space. It's like the first one, you got to get your this notes down. you got to spread <laughs> out your notes and you take out dominance up here. So uh, I know she's moving it around right now. And, uh, but no, hey, my name's Pastor Patrick Donahue. Uh, this is my wife, uh, Tiffany, and uh, we're so honored uh, to be with you here tonight. Uh, we've been on staff. Tell, how long have we been here? We've been here. Uh, we moved here in 2010, and then we came on staff in 2011. So we've been here seven years. Been here, been yeah. Here, been here a while. And, uh, man, we love uh, love the church, love Owensboro, love what God's doing. Uh, it was formerly at River City Church when we got here. Uh, man, we, we've, we've now been here and with you guys along with a part of a name change. And uh, just so excited to be uh, here in this moment in the life of the church and um, just, just uh, super pumped about that, and, and, and Pastor Brian and Pastor Jesse's vision for the church, they're actually right now helping, uh, you talk about vision, they're actually in Honduras right now, uh, being a part of, how many, how many cities have they been in? I want to say it's 60. Yeah, I think it's like, I think this so, is the 60th. something like 60, this is like maybe the 60th city uh, in the nation of Honduras that Pastor David, who is Pastor Jesse's father, and uh, the, the founding pastor of uh, uh, Victory Church, and it was the pastor of it there for 30-some-odd years uh, in Amarillo, now our sister campus. Uh, it was birthed in his heart so many years ago to evangelize the nation of Honduras. And so they are, uh, they're there now uh, uh, evangelizing to the capital city and uh, the 60th city and the final city uh, that, that the Lord put on Pastor David's heart. And so uh, they're there uh, this week uh, just, just evangelizing, leading people to Jesus, and we're believing that God's just going to turn that nation inside out uh, for the kingdom of God. And so let's give the Lord a hand clap for the nation of Honduras and what God's doing there. Amen. And we get to be a part of that. So thank you for helping us be a part of that. I know that Pastor Brian, Pastor Jesse, they're excited to be down there and uh, celebrating with Pastor David and the teams that are down there helping uh, make that happen. So continue, uh, continue uh, lifting them up in your prayers over the next several days this whole week uh, while that, while that uh, fiesta uh, continues. And so tonight we are, can we encourage people tonight? We can do Let's it. Let's do it. Let's, are you going to sing tonight? No. Am I going to sing tonight? Yes. No, I'm not. Uh, <laughs> no, I'm not not. And so, uh, but, but we, we're going to encourage you tonight. And before we get going, let's just ask God to, to be in this. Uh, we, can we pray? Let's, let's pray. Let's also pray for um, Pastor Brian and Jesse and the team in Honduras. Absolutely. Let, let's do that. So Father, we thank you for uh, today. And uh, we, we just thank you, Lord, uh, just what we're talking about for, for the entire team uh, that's, that's in Honduras. I thank you, Lord, that uh, just a, a multitude of people are going to turn their hearts for Jesus. I thank you what we've even said and declared already, that that nation would turn its heart for you. I thank you, Lord, when people uh, visit Honduras, when they think about Honduras, they think about a Christian nation. And I thank you, Lord, uh, just for godly leaders to rise up uh, from all ranks uh, in those communities all around that nation. And I thank you, Lord, for uh, just spurs of ministries just to, just to ignite. And I thank you, Lord, that uh, just a great work is going to be done 
on uh, uh, in, uh, in this week at the fiesta. So bless our teams, protect them, uh, lead God and help them. Now thank you, Lord, that your spirit, that same spirit that's moving and changing a nation, it's changing lives here in His church even tonight. And I thank you, Lord, that we're encouraged tonight, we're uplifted tonight. And Lord, we thank you. We give you all the praise, glory, and honor in Jesus' mighty name. And everybody said, Amen. 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 So uh, as I already kind of alluded to this past weekend, we had a, a fantastic uh, women's conference. And um, I, I, was, I, I uh, am our executive pastor uh, have, with day-to-day operations. I oversee the staff. But this weekend, I also oversee a portion of our, the older portion of our kids' ministry. So I wasn't in here. And so I, I don't know if we had a proper thanksgiving to all the different uh, teams. I'm sure there were. But, um, but I just wanted to give a quick shout-out again. Uh, obviously, thank you to the ladies that came. Thank you to my guys who came and helped serve. Let's give the guys a hand clap. Thank you so much for making it awesome for all of our ladies to come stress-free and, and, and come and just have a great weekend encountering God and with one another. Uh, also wanted to give a, a shout-out to our production team and worship team that collaborated together. They had some amazing elements of the service. Uh, it was fantastic. And then also... Uh, just wanted to thank our creative team for all of uh, the set designs, different uh, photo booths, all the, all the all the decorations that they put together, and specifically that's headed up by uh, one Justin Todd. So can you guys give them a hand clap? Love them. Thank you for all of that effort that was put into making it such an amazing weekend, a fun weekend. God's house can be fun. Amen. It can be fun. Let's have fun in church. And, um, but I know part of uh, the, uh, on the Saturday service for the women's conference, there was a Q&A panel. So everybody had an opportunity to uh, text in uh, questions that they might have. And I wasn't in here for that portion of the service, and I know they talked about it, but um, this question really kind of stood out to me. One of the questions was, was this, how do, you, how do you deal with feelings of unworthiness? And it stood out to me because I feel like that's such a pertinent thing for everyone. Doesn't matter, guy, girl, you know, young, old, whatever. I feel like that's something that we all pretty much deal with or have dealt with on some level at some point or another. You know, this, this, how do you deal with this, this, this feeling of unworthiness, right? It's always like, man, am I worthy? You know, am I good enough to do this? Am I, am I, am I in the, I know I have, you know, the, this, but do I deserve this? You know, and, and, and really the answer is no, right? We're, none of us is worthy. The Bible talks about that. The Bible kind of clears that up. It says that none is righteous, no, not one. So, so it's not really a question of if we're worthy enough, if we deserve it enough or anything like that. So we can kind of step past that threshold of unworthiness, all right? That's behind us, right? But that is why... God sent his son Jesus to the cross. That's why Jesus went to the cross. And so if you ever ask yourself that question, which I think probably everybody finds themselves at some point asking themselves that question, you know, man, I really, I'm not worthy. I'm unworthy of this thing, this, this, whatever it is, this, this relationship, this job, this opportunity, whatever it is, I, this, I don't deserve this. But again, it's, it's not a question of if, if you deserve it or not. Okay, so let's, we're past that. But all we've got to do is to look at the cross. And the cross, when Jesus died at the cross, that's God's expression of how he sees your worth, of the worth that he places upon you, the value that he places upon you, the worthiness through his eyes when he looks at you. And so we don't need to look at ourselves because we use our own eyes. We use our own judgment. But we've got to look to the cross when, it, when we want to know our worth, know what, what God's value is upon us and about uh, what, what's, what's going on in our lives. 
Uh, man, it, it's not about us being uh, unworthy. It's really, we've just got to look at the cross because he's worthy. Somebody say, he's worthy. He's and that's the wonderful thing about Jesus is when we come into relationship with him, when we ask him into our hearts to be our Lord, to be our Savior, it's no longer God looking at us and seeing what is what would be our unworthiness, right? We're, none is righteous, no, not one. All of sin and fall short of the glory of God. So he doesn't see that, though. When Jesus comes into our life, that blood covers us, and then he sees not our unworthiness, but the worthy one that went to the cross, that perfect one, the sinless one, the faultless one that went to the cross, he now covers us, and that's now what the Lord sees. And that's what he wants us to see. He doesn't want us to focus on what's behind. He wants us to focus on what, what, what went on at the cross. And uh, so, somebody say it again, he's, he's worthy. He is so worthy, and we want to encourage you with that tonight. Yeah, it's time for us to look forward. Um, you know, we were thinking about this, and I don't know if any of you guys are like this, but Patrick and I, when we are at a stoplight, especially if it's a turn signal, and you know the perfect angel, <laughs> you know the turn signals are like two seconds. They give you very short time, and. I'll catch myself, I'll be a few cars back, and I'll catch myself thinking, like, okay, can I make it in this cycle? And I know I'm like, I can make it when this light turns green if everybody in front of me will pay attention, if they will look up and if they will go. And so I'm always thinking about that, and it never fails. You know, there's the person in front of you, the light turns green, and you see them, they're looking down. And you know they're texting. You know they're using that time to get on social media. And, um, you know, they don't even know the light's green because they're not paying attention. And I feel like sometimes the, that God tells us that. I feel like sometimes he's like, guys, the light is green. It is time to move on. It is time to move forward. It is time to lift up your eyes and look forward and pay attention. That's good. Um, and Luke chapter 9, um, this is the message version. And they're going to put it up. It says, on the road, someone asked if he could go along. I'll go with you wherever, he said. Um, these were some followers talking to Jesus. But Jesus was curt, and he said, are you ready to rough it? We're not staying in the best ends, you know. Um, that part just, you know, tells me that maybe one of the reasons we haven't seen the best version of ourselves is maybe we're looking for the easy way. And, you know, Jesus kind of said that right there in that scripture. He said, are you ready to rough it? Because we're not staying in the best ends. And then he goes on to say, and then Jesus said to another, follow me. And he said, certainly, but first excuse me for a couple of days, please. I have to make arrangements for my father's funeral. And Jesus refused. And he said, first things first, your business is life, not death. And life is urgent. Announce God's kingdom. Then another said, I'm ready to follow you, master. But first, excuse me while I get things straightened out at home. And Jesus said, no procrastination, no backwards looks. You can't put God's kingdom off till tomorrow. Seize the day. And, you know, so often, I mean, Jesus just straight shot down all those excuses. And there's so many times that we'll make excuses. You know, well, I would serve, but, you know, I have little kids and it's hard to get them here. I would tithe, but, you know, I looked at the budget and I don't know if tithing is in the budget. We're constantly using excuses as to why we're not moving forward, as to why we're not seeing the best version of ourselves, because we're not putting into practice what God's word said. So good, Tiffany. And so there's always something that keeps us from the best version of ourselves. Um, you know, there's a song that we all know that we all hear. Um, I New told Year's you there's going to be a song. Oh, yeah, I forgot. There is a song. <laughs> um, we all hear it New Year's Eve. It's played on every New Year's Eve, and it's called Odd Lang Sign. And 
I didn't know the name of it, but it's the song that's dun 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 da 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 da. Nobody knows the words. Nobody knows the words. Actually, I looked up the words. Just Tiffany knows but, the words. Um, <laughs> but that song, um, I never thought of the words before. But that song, in that it says, and everybody plays it on New Year's Eve. But it says, "Should old acquaintance be forgot and never brought to mind." So that song is essentially challenging us to think and reflect on the past year. Think of the acquaintances. Think of the mistakes. Think of the events. Think of all of that stuff. Think about it and then figure out, is that something we need to bring into the new year? Or is that something that we need to just leave behind? And so today, I just want to challenge you. I just want to challenge you with things that we need to move on from. In that first thing, we need to move on from old history. In that old history, it's the divorce. It's the health issue. It's that event. And you know what event I'm talking about. Because when I said that event, that's the thing that popped in your head. That's the thing that you view yourself. That's the lens that you view yourself from. That event is who you think you are. But it is time to move on from that old history. Because it doesn't have to be who you are. It's not who God sees you as. It's time for us to move on. Stop looking at yourself through that event. In Isaiah 43, 18 and 19, it says, Do not remember the former things, nor consider the things of old. Behold, I will do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth. Shall you not know it? I will even make a road in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. So that scripture tells me that when we try to move on from our old history by ourselves, it's going to be hard. But that, says, that scripture says, behold, I will do a new thing. Talking about God, God will do a new thing. So if we just will forget that, forget what we think we are and who we think we are and focus on God, who God says we are and just press on and move forward, that God can make it possible for us to, have, to be a new creation. So number one, we need to move on from old history. That's good. That's good. Move on from old history and uh, move on from old habits. Uh, Tiffany just talked about becoming a new creation. There's uh, another great scripture. I feel like I share it all the time because it's such a good scripture. Uh, and it's found in Philippians 3, 13 and 14. It says, brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. But one thing I do, forgetting what is behind that history, that thing, that event, right? Forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead. I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. And again, I feel like I talk about that scripture a lot because again, I feel like that's something we deal with a lot. We love to look in history. We love to look at old events. We love to look at old things and hold on to those things. If it's history, if it's habits. And another scripture I want to encourage you with, so forget what is behind and press on towards what is ahead. Another scripture to encourage you with is out of 1 Corinthians 10, 23. 1 Corinthians 10, 23. And it talks about that I've got the right to do anything, but, but not everything is beneficial, right? You have the right... You have the ability to go out and do anything. You have the right and the ability to go out and say anything. That's not just a, a United States privilege, right? God is saying, hey, you have the right to go and be a part of anything, do anything, say anything. That's, what, that's a freedom that we have as humans. It's an amazing gift, really, that God's given us. 
free will, absolute free will. We're not robots. He's not tweaking us, making us do things, right? The Holy Spirit doesn't even make us do things, right? He leads us. He guides us. But it's up to us to actually follow in step, right? And so, uh, so everything, we have the ability to, to take part in. But that, that scripture right there, short and simple and profound and su- such, such a truth, is that not everything we say not everything we choose to do, not everything we choose to be a part of is necessarily beneficial. You have the right to do it. You have the right to say it. You have the right to be a part of it. You have the right to be in that group. But it doesn't mean it's going to be edifying to you. It doesn't mean it's going to build you up. It doesn't mean it's going to enhance your life. Very well could take away from your life. Now, it doesn't mean, and, and, and those things might not be inherently bad, right? The person you're hanging out with, necessarily the thing uh, you're saying, it might not just be like this evil thing that you're watching or you're listening to or you're part of, but it might not be the thing that God wants to use to drive your life forward. Maybe that's the thing, that habit, maybe that's the thing that's actually keeping you stuck in the mud right, right then and there where you're at. So you can do anything, but not everything is beneficial to you. Always keep that in mind that maybe it's like maybe just maybe some of my habits, some of my crowd, some of my words, some of the things that I choose to partake in, maybe it's some of those things that are actually keeping God's best for coming forth in my life. Amen. Yeah, you can give Lord a hand clap for that. So yeah, our habits are big. Yeah, and just like he was saying, maybe the habit in and of itself, maybe it's not bad. Maybe the habit is a cell phone. Maybe the habit is social media. And that in and of itself isn't bad. But when it starts to become your master, that's when it needs to be addressed. That's when you need to lay it down. You know, Netflix isn't bad. I enjoy Netflix. But when it starts to rule your life, you have to put it down. You have to address it. You may even have to, you know, withhold yourself from that until you can bring that back into your life, which is okay to have it in your life, but where it's not at the level that it is now, where it's not ruling you, where it's not the master of you. It's good. So we need to move on from old history. We need to move on from old habits, and we need to move on from old hurts. And old hurts, that can be, you know, hurts that maybe that you've inflicted on somebody else. Maybe that's hurts that you're still hanging on to that somebody else has done to you. And maybe you're here tonight and maybe you're saying, maybe you're asking the question, so what do I do about the old hurts? I mean, the answer is nothing. You move on. You turn the page, you clear the page, and you start over. And you move forward and you press on. You know, we can't have a redo of any of our past, but we can move on from it. We can let it not define us. We can stand on the word of God instead of what we think. And we can press on and we can move forward. We can make the page clean. That's good. So we need to move on from old history and we need to move on from old habits and we need to move on from old hurts. Yeah, and, and so and just being human, you know, trying to move past that, past the things that are behind us, we, we, again, we, we like to hold on to those. And um, some, sometimes we can let... Um, some the the stigmas of of history of hurts of habits kind of kind of be held over us. Sometimes we're the ones that hold it over ourselves, right? Sometimes we allow other people and empower other people to hold it yeah. over ourselves. And there's a scripture um, I talked about. I was I, I served back in kids, 
And uh, there's a scripture that we uh, were encouraging the kids with last week. The whole month, the, th- the theme is why you were made. And last week, we're kind of theming it off of, you know, you were made to make a difference. You, you know, and, and I think it's awesome that, you know, uh, to be a part of a church, we, we speak life into our young kids and let them know that, hey, they can be difference makers right now. Let's give a hand clap for our young people. Amen. I love our young people. Uh, they're, they're amazing. And... Um, but and there's a scripture that we were encouraging them with, and it's a pretty uh, common scripture. I think you'll find in a lot of kids' ministries or youth ministries because it speaks directly to them. And it's found in 2 Timothy 4.12, and it says this, 2 Timothy 4.12. It says, don't let anyone look down on you because you're young, but set an example for the believers in speech and conduct and love and faith and in purity. And again, it talks about don't let anybody look down on you just because you're young. So it, again, it's a great scripture to uh, you know just pick right out and it's like, hey, young person, I'm going to encourage you with this because it speaks directly to you. But I really think that's a, a very encouraging scripture for anybody because I think you can take that one word out, young, and I think you can replace it for just about anything else, any event, any any stigma that we've talked about that's maybe in your past, right? Those old habits. You know, don't, don't let anybody look down on you because you're young. Don't, look anybody, don't let anybody look down on you because you're divorced. Don't let anybody look down on you because you're recovering. Don't let anybody look down on you because you're a sinner. Don't let anybody look down on you because you got a bad doctor's report. Don't let anybody look down on you. ABC, right? You could fill in the blank. So don't let anybody else look down on you because of those factors. Don't let yourself begin to look down on yourself. And again, that unworthy uh, conversation, start that all over again. It's not about that. But instead of that, instead of the circumstance, whatever the circumstance is, because we've all got the circumstance or circumstances, right? We could all put, put things in that, in that blank. Whatever it is, Set an example for the believers in speech and conduct and love and faith and impurity. And I love that it says set the example. Uh, I think there's a little bit of a difference. Instead of being an example, be a part of showing. But I feel like setting an example. We're the first ones through the door. We're the pace setters. We're the, we're the ones that show the, other, uh, the world around us how it's done, right, as, as Christians. And so uh, we're, we're the pace setters. And in these five categories, according to this scripture, uh, set the example, set the bar, set the pace in speech and conduct in love and faith and purity. So I'm going to cover those briefly here for you. And I love that it, it starts in uh, talking about your speech and what comes out of your mouth. Uh, it's a massive thing. It's a massive deal what comes out of your mouth, how you talk, how you choose to speak about things. I'll share a few scriptures with you about it. First one is in James chapter 3, uh, verses 2 through 12. I'll go for, over this uh, quickly. James 3, uh, uh, verses 2 through 12, and it just says this, talks about taming the tongue. We all stumble in many ways. Anyone who is never caught, uh, never at fault in what they say is perfect, able to keep their whole body in check. Verse 3, when we put bits into the mouth of horses to make them obey us, we can turn the whole animal. That's an amazing thing right there. I don't know if anybody, anybody ride horses and been on a horse. I rode and had been on probably like uh, carnival horses or ponies or something before, and it had been several years since I'd been on an animal. 
and I have a niece uh, that, that uh, I think had some animal, had some horses at the time, and uh, we just happened to be with them, and I went right there, want to go ride them, I'm like, yeah, I'll go riding, I'll probably watch a western, had it, had it like in my blood, like, yeah, I'll go ride a horse, they don't know what I'm doing, and you get on, you get on that horse, and if you've ever been on a horse, you realize real quick how big that thing is, how massively strong that thing is, and it's just like, man, I hope this thing is not, doesn't go rogue on me, doesn't, doesn't buck me. Because physically, I do not stand a chance. But I've got that bit in its mouth. And it doesn't matter how strong that thing is, how, how, how much of an attitude that thing might have. If I pull that thing this way, it's going to go that way. If I pull a certain way, it's going to go that way. If I heave up on it, it's going to stop. Because that bit is in its mouth. It controls that big, massive animal, that small little bit just in its mouth. I'm telling you what we say, it's powerful. That scripture goes on to say, or take ships as an example. It's a great scripture because it's great examples for, for modern day, right? Or take it, ships, for example, although they're so large and are driven by strong winds, they are steered by a very small rudder wherever the pilot wants to go. So man, that, that, that big, massive carnival cruise ship, right? It's got that udder. And that small thing is, is guiding that whole big, massive ship just a small thing. You might think, man, that word doesn't matter. What I'm saying doesn't matter. What I'm speaking over that doesn't matter. But matter, it, it, it's guiding and directing really the whole direction of that person, that relationship, that situation. And um, I said, consider what a, for, what a great forest is set on fire by a small spark. The tongue is also a fire. The world, a, a world of evil among the parts of the body. It corrupts the whole body sets the whole course of one's life on fire and is itself set on fire by hell. That's heavy. <laughs> that's, 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 that's a heavy scripture. But I think, again, it's trying to drive home the point, you really need to watch what you say. And what you say, it really matters. Verse 9, with the tongue we praise the Lord and Father, and with it we curse human beings. Now, I know no one in this room would ever curse anybody, right? That's talking about somebody else. But with, the, with the tongue we praise the Father, and we curse human beings who have been made in God's likeness. Out of the same mouth come praise and cursing. And, and my brothers and sisters, that should not be. We, we uh, Can both fresh and salt water flow from the same spring? My brothers and sisters, can a fig tree and uh, bear olives, or can a, a grapevine bear figs? Neither can a salt spring produce fresh water. Man, it's, it's just going ab over and above to, to re-illustrate and re-illustrate how massively important it is in what we choose to say over ourselves, over, uh, over everything, right? A, a few scriptures past, uh, a, a couple other scriptures I'll encourage you about that. So that's in uh, James. Uh, in Proverbs 18.21, talks about the power of life and death. It says, the tongue has the power of life and death, and those who love it will eat of its fruit. So what we speak, it has, this that has the power of life or death. We can choose to speak life over a person over, or death over a person. We can choose to speak life over a situation or death over a situation. We can choose to speak life over our marriage or death over our marriage, right? It, again, fill in the blank. We, we can choose to speak life or death. That's our ability, right? And, and the Bible goes on to say in Deuteronomy uh, 30, 19, it, it talks about what we should choose. This day I call, I call the heavens and the earth as witnesses against you that I have set before you life and death, blessings and cursings. Now choose, what do you think it says? Life. Choose life so that you and your children may live. I'm telling you, we have the ability to choose life. And the Bible says, choose life. 
Here's the answer, the, the secret answer to the, to the, the pop quiz. Choose life, speak life, declare life over, over yourself, over your spouse, over your children, over your family, over your job, over your ministry, over your neighborhood, over, uh, over everything. Choose to speak life. Uh, so so we, uh, again, uh, just so many examples, uh, but again, to, to, to choose life and how important that is. And I love that it's, again, it starts out with um, that and all of the examples. Choose, uh, choose to speak life. Uh, set the example in the way that we speak and the way that we act, our faith, our love, our, our purity, all of that. It starts with how we speak because that's the pace setter for everything else. Notice in the book of beginnings, the book of Genesis, right? God saw and he spoke and then it was. He spoke and then it was. He spoke and then it was created. The way, and I don't think, um, you know, that, that's just by happenstance, Right? It's, uh, I think even in this scripture, I think the, 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 the fact that your speech, the way that you talk and declare things, I think it's listed first for a reason because it's so massively important, choosing to speak life over situations. So we can choose uh, and uh, choose to speak life. We can set the example in how we talk. We can set the example in our conduct. Um, how we talk, it changes our posture. We begin to get the word in our heart and begin to declare that. We begin to feel a little bit different. It's like, well, I know I've had that history. I know I've had those old habits. I know I've had those old hurts and those events. But this is a new day, and I'm a new creation, and I'm speaking life. And now I've got a post my posture in life is different because now I know that I'm not uh, the victim. I'm the victor. I know I'm not the tail. I'm the head. I know I'm not beneath, but I'm above. I know my cup, it overflows, right? And so, yeah, you can give the Lord a hand clap. So that's why you begin to speak it, then you begin to act it, right? It's like, yeah, I can do this. My history is my history, but that doesn't mean that's today, man. I, I'm, I'm moving forward in life. So we can set the, set the bar in how we talk, our conduct, it, it begins to change. If we'll do that, our faith begin to rise. Uh, faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. So we begin to speak it. Our con so, so all of a sudden, it's like, man, I'm believing that mountain's going to move. I'm believing that. It's, a lot of times when you start out by faith, you're, it, it's more like, man, I, I believe and really kind of hope that mountain moves. You got to stir up that faith, right? Man, I really kind of hope this situation changes. I'm stepping right in front of you. I'm sorry. Man, I, I really kind of I hope, I, man, I really, I want that thing to change. But then when you start to declare it enough, you sp begin to speak life over that enough, you, you begin to kind of, now I'm speaking at that mountain. No mountain, you move. In Jesus' mighty name. That situation is going to change because I'm, I'm holding on by faith. And so now your, your, your speech is changing. Your countenance is changing. Your faith is rising because of it. It, it bleeds into how we love. I, as my faith grows, the more I'm depending on his, him and him more and more, the more I'm around him, the more I'm immersed in his love as I pursue him, as I speak life over things and, and lean on him more than I'm leaning on myself. Uh, and my faith begins to rise and now my love and how I express my love begins to change. Now I begin to see things a little bit differently. Now I begin to see people a little bit differently. See, I see them more like he sees them because I've started to learn to look at myself like he sees me. I'm, I'm not worried about the unworthiness factor again. I, I know that, that it's his 
uh, the fact that Jesus was worthy and the fact that Jesus paid for me on the cross. Now I can do all things through Christ. And that's why I speak different. That's why my countenance is different. That's why my faith is different. That's why my love looks different. That's why I'm setting the example, not because of the limitation that I or anyone else has tried to put on me, not because I'm young, not because of any of those other factors, but because I know that I'm called for something greater and to be the example, to be the ambassador for Christ. And so I'm going to, I'm going to set the example in my speech, in my conduct, in my faith, in my love. And that'll lead to my, uh, uh, to me setting an example in my purity. If the way that I speak and act and believe and express myself, if all of those things begin to change dramatically, then, then now I'm spending so much time around him when I'm around anything but him, man, that thing starts to become a repellent. It's like, man, I don't want to watch that anymore. I don't want to listen to that anymore. I don't want to be around those people anymore. And it's not because you're so holy or so inherently pure uh, more, or more, uh, you know, more pure than the, the person sitting next to you. It's just because you've decided to speak a little bit differently and that's bled into how you, uh, how you, uh, your, your countenance, the way you look at things, the way you face things. It, 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 it bleeds into your faith changing and, and believing for more. It, it changes uh, uh, how you love and express that love to other people, and it changes your level of purity and, and wanting to be around pure things, godly things, holy things, righteous things. We're called to set the example in those areas. And, 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 and I just wanted to encourage you with that again. So don't let anybody look down on you because you're young or because of that event or because of that history or because of that whatever it is you want to put in that, in, in that slot. But set the example. You be the example. Set the example in speech, in your conduct, in your faith, in your love, and in your purity. Amen? Amen. Let's give the Lord a hand clap. He's good. Amen. Yeah, one last scripture. Um, 2 Corinthians 5, 17. It says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things become new. Now all things are of God, who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. You know that verse, there's a word that pops out at me and that's reconciled. And you know, if you've ever dealt with money or balancing your bank account, you know that when you reconcile, you want a balance of zero. So that scripture tells me that there was a balance. There was sin. And what happened is God reconciled it. God brought that balance to zero so that we could be a new creation, so that we could move forward. You know, if you're reading a book, you can't start the next chapter if you keep rereading the last one. So I'm gonna say that again, because somebody needs to hear that. You can't start the next chapter if you keep rereading the last one. So tonight, it is time to, pr to press on. It is time to move forward. Some of you are sitting at that light and you're looking in the rear view mirror and you don't even know that the light is green. So tonight, I'm telling you the light is green. Let's move on, move on from that old history, move on from that past, move on from the mistakes, move on from the hurts. And we're gonna move forward. We're gonna go, we're gonna press on, we're gonna advance the kingdom. We're gonna walk forward. And we can, we're able to move on from all of that stuff if we just remember these real quick things. We have to remember that God is good. You know, the Bible says that He is good and His mercy endures forever. God is good. Make that a little more personal. God is good to me. Say that. Say, God is good to me. So if we make that personal, then we realize that the unworthiness that we had in our mind, it doesn't matter because God is good to me. And then also remember that God is good at being God. 
You know, we're terrible kings of our own kingdom. We are bad. We have proven that over and over and over. We are terrible kings. But when we surrender everything to God, when we walk in obedience, we can become the best version of ourselves. You know, God's not asking us to worry about everything that's gonna happen in the future. He's not asking us to think and try to make the plans ahead where, you know, we're like, well, God, we know, but what if this happens and this happens and then the outcome's gonna be different? God's just asking us just to take a step. Just take one step. Take a step in obedience. Take a step in surrender. Take a step in faith. And just move forward. And just remember that God is good at being God. Amen. Amen. Let's give the Lord a hand clap. Amen. He's so good. Would you do me a favor and stand to your feet for just a second? And we just want to encourage anybody that's in here tonight. If you don't already know, really more than anything we could talk about up here, the most important thing we want you to know is that God does love you. He's for you. He wants a relationship with you. And maybe you're in here, maybe you're watching online, and you need to know that he made everything, did everything possible to, to make a, a relationship with us available. He sent his son Jesus to die on the cross, bled perfect blood, sinless blood, faultless blood. And if we'll call on him, all of our unworthiness, unholiness, our sinful nature, all of his, his perfect sinless blood, it'll wipe us clean. We can, we become, can become brand new creations in Christ. Like, like Pastor Tiffany was talking about, we can have a restart. We can have a redo. You can have that right now tonight. Maybe that's you asking Jesus to come into your heart for the very first time. Maybe that's you saying, you know what? I've been going through this cycle. I know I've really kind of walked away from the God, the godly life that God's called me to live, and I want a fresh start. I want a redo. I want to start fresh tonight. I want to restart. I, I want to renew my relationship with Christ. Maybe that's you. Wherever you fall into that, I, I just want you to know it doesn't really matter. Again, it, it's got nothing to do with your unworthiness or how you view your situation or what your life looked like before you walked through the doors. All you need to know is that right now God loves you. He sent his son to die for you because he looks at you and he sees something in someone that has infinite worth and infinite value and he so desperately wants you to know that. And he so desperately wants to have a relationship with you. And it can happen right now tonight. So would you close your eyes and bow your head and just, just think about that question. Am I right with God? Do I know Jesus as my personal Lord and Savior? Do I know that I'm going to heaven when I leave this earth? Do you know that tonight? Do you want to make sure that you know that tonight? And if that's you, on the count of three, I'm just going to ask you to raise your hand right where you're standing. Maybe you want to rededicate your life to Christ tonight. I'm going to lead you in a prayer here in just one second, but I'm not going to call you out, not going to embarrass you, anything like that. Just on the count of three, I want you to raise your hand so I know who I'm praying with. One, don't put it off. Two, this is your moment. Three, lift your hand high where I can see it. Anybody in the room? Anybody in the room? Tonight, tonight tonight well I don't see anybody in the room but there might be somebody watching online so I'm going to lead you guys in a prayer and I want everybody uh, in, in here I want you to get, help repeat this prayer and if you're watching online I want you to say this out loud you might not be in this crowd but I promise you God hears you and then sees you right where you are you declaring this so I want everybody to just say this say Father forgive me I've been living my own way but today I choose you 
I choose your way. I choose your son, Jesus. I believe on his death, on his burial, and on his resurrection. Use me. Save me. I give myself to you. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen, amen. Let's give him a hand clap. Amen. Praise the Lord. Maybe you prayed that in here and maybe you didn't raise your hand. That's okay. God still saw your heart. Or maybe you're watching online and you prayed that maybe in your bedroom like I, like I did. That's where I, I rededicated my life to Christ. Maybe you're praying it in a car. You're listening to this. If you're listening to this online, get, get on our website, hischurch.cc. And uh, there, there's a place on Central Hub. You can click on that. Click on I Just Got Saved right? And we've got resources just for you to help you take your next few steps in your walk with God. We're so proud of you and excited for you making that decision. Uh, God is good. Let's give him one more hand clap tonight. He's so good. Amen. It's so good to be in God's house. Thank you so much for choosing to be here tonight. We're going to have amazing weekend services uh, this weekend. So get your invite on, invite somebody. We'll see you here Sunday morning. God bless you guys. Give somebody a high five on your way out. God bless you.